0: Welcome to KC Connect, brought to you by IBEX Employer Relations team. Across this series of short episodes, we will provide insight and expertise on some of the most common challenges for our members and discuss the case law shaping the employer relations landscape. My name is Lydia Dodd and I'm joined by Maeve Bakawi, Director of Employer Relations. For the next 10 minutes, we will be discussing the emergence of a four-day workweek. Maeve, I'm curious to know, with the start of the four-day workweek trials in the UK and Ireland
1: this week, Do you think this is the beginning of a new way of working? It's a great question, Lydia, and I'm sure, like me, you've had plenty of people uh, ring and ask um, plenty about (laughs) it. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, it it sounds wonderful, and I think lots of people look at it and think that would be a fantastic way to work. From our perspective, um, I think we've always looked at it as one of those flexibilities in the wider scale of flexibilities, the wider breadth of flexibilities that employers look at. So... Inevitably, for some organizations at enterprise level, it will be great and it will work really well. Um, I think, though, if you looked at it um, at a more macro level, it's really challenging to see how it would be introduced.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I suppose, given that economically, is it a reality that a four day work week would be productive, or are there lots of drawbacks with that?
1: Yeah, it kind of depends, I think. Um, And the, the challenge we'll see, I think, is how it's going to run in the long term. So a couple of things. First, you know, there's so many different understandings of what that four day work week is anyway. We've seen most recently in Belgium, they've brought in a legal right to request a four day work week. But actually what they're looking at there is what we would call a compressed work week. So it's actually all of the hours for all of the pay and all of the productivity. It's just you're doing four longer days rather than um, that other model of four day work week where we look at 100% productivity for 100% of the pay but 80% of the hours worked. So, you know, in terms of cost, they're very different things and it depends on your operational model. So if you're working over five, six or seven days, you know, you're probably going to have to replace staff. Not everybody's going to be able to overlap. So, there are inevitably significant costs that can flow through.
0: Definitely. So, your view would be that if, if a four day work week was to come into Ireland, it would be more of that 100, 180 kind of rule rather
1: than 100% of everything? Well, I'm going to say I, I don't think we'll ever see it as a widespread initiative. Um, I think what we will see is different organisations adopting different ways of working. So some will definitely work that compressed work week schedule um, and some already do in shift working operations. But that 100, 180 percent, I think, will be rarer um, and is challenging to keep going because you've got that high productivity, um, very productivity intensive environment where you have to produce 100 percent in less time. And that can be really challenging for lots of people to be able to continue week in, week out, to have four very high performance days to make up for the productivity that doesn't flow through on the fifth day. And, you know, life is messy. And as employers (laughs) represent, we spend a lot of the time on the phone dealing with the issues that come up for people, which actually takes from their productivity. Um, and inevitably, and you know, it's it's expected. Most employers expect that, but how you build that into the four day work week is very challenging. Year it in, year certainly
0: out. is challenging, and and you've discussed many of the challenges there. But I suppose, what would you say to colleagues um, and members who say, you know, there are positive impacts in terms of mental health and and on the environment?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, without a doubt, uh, there are lots of benefits that are highlighted around having more leisure time, having more time to rest and recuperate and that will be true for some people. For others working in that really high productivity environment four days a week um, is not necessarily better for people's mental health even if you have an additional day to recuperate. Not everybody enjoys working at that pace and not everybody is able to sustain it in the longer term so it can actually be more stressful environment and it can exclude people who have mental health challenges it can exclude people who maybe have physical health challenges it can exclude people who have caring responsibilities because achieving that high productivity four days a week is very demanding and then on the environmental front like there's loads of surveys out there that will say well you know it cuts down the commute but if you look at you know The reality of industries where people have to be replaced you're just replacing one commuter with another yeah the factory still runs the hospital still runs and whether you work four days or not the factory's using electricity as is the hospital and and they're really high energy intensive users definitely the other piece around that of course is well what do people do when they've got this extra fifth day off like do we all stay at home and not watch the telly or put the heat on um, we're actually They're now a powering a home <laughs> and we've got the workplace lit up and warm and people travel like they go and see people. They go to they go and take up additional course of study. They do a lot of volunteering and, and they go and see friends and family. And that's a lot of movement. So arguably, you know, if we were to track all of that back into the stats, do we save much in, in terms of carbon footprint or, you know, environmentally? I think that would be a really interesting stat in years to come.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think something that's coming up with a lot of members at the moment is just the the challenge of recruiting and attracting people to organisations. Do you think the offer of a four-day work week will be something members and, and the wider organisations start to use?
1: I think some organisations will, um, and I think for some it'll be a great recruiting tool. Um, but like everything, you know, before you would make any of those offers, you really got to be clear on how it's going to run. Can you actually run it across the whole business? Um, you know, does it meet your client's needs or your customer needs? And very important part, of very that. <laughs> important part of that. Exactly. No matter how attractive it might sound. But also in the long term, are you going to be able to recruit people to backfill if you need to do that? And, you know, how likely is that in the next number of years in the field that you might be operating in?
0: Yeah, I suppose it nearly will contribute to the recruitment problem if you now need two people to fill one role rather
1: than just the one person to do five days a week. Yeah, it really does. Um, And, you know, we already know how difficult recruitment is at the moment. It's not getting any easier. We've also got lots of challenges depending on the sector. So we know some sectors are, are finding it much harder to recruit. And then there's the cost. So there was a great study done in Gothenburg in Sweden where um, they moved some nursing teams into four-day work week. And it's absolutely the case that their productivity improved and their, their enjoyment of the role improved. Interesting. But it became so costly because the taxpayer had to pay for all of the additional of staff who were required. And no matter how productive you are in the day... Your nursing skills are never productive enough on Thursday to cover off the fact that you're not there on Friday. Of course. So there are huge costs. And unfortunately, those costs feed down into prices um, where people have to be paid. So you've got an additional tax burden there. And that often flows through as the hardest impact at the lowest end of the scale.
0: Very good. So I suppose in conclusion, there is no one size fits all model or, or a simple yes or no answer that will work for everyone, really.
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. No one size fits all. Um, mightn't even be one size even within the one organization. And, you know, when you come back around to it, it's all those things we talked about, Lydia's. You know, does it suit the business? Does it meet your yes. needs? Can you recruit the people? Who do you want to have within that? And then finally, um, you know, getting down and looking at the the actual operations. What are the flexibilities people really want? And how are they going to you know actually put them in place so all the complexity of people already working part-time people who are on annual leave how do you manage annual leave and um, all of the other statutory entitlements too very good well that
0: concludes this episode thanks for listening for more content like this please be sure to explore the audio hub on ibec.ie and follow ibec on twitter at ibec underscore irl